Welcome to the Thrifty Titans podcast, your ultimate destination for razor sharp brand building and media insights. We bring you the wisdom of the most badass founders, media mavericks, indie hackers and content creators in the whole wide world and help you grow your business and your audience without losing your mind or breaking the bank. Join the ranks of the Thrifty Titans and together Let's build something extraordinary. Hey, welcome to the podcast, bro. I know. Uh, it's been a while. Good it's been a while it. indeed. We're about to speak about growth hacking in today's privacy conscious digital era, right? What's your thoughts on how startups can ethically collect user data today? Because I think given how big tech is shaping up, some startups might feel slightly icky. about subscribing to some of the more mainstream solutions out there already right so i think uh, if you look at where consumer trust has actually evolved right one is they've definitely become more aware of the kind of information that they let out of themselves and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that that's done right is uh, it's actually put a lot of pressure on two platforms that you no longer can take consent for granted so right. what's so your and that's how actually laws like gdpr ccpa the rest of them actually evolved and uh, and sort of came about right it started from this consumer awareness uh, movement uh, more so in europe uh, about their individual rights and the rights for companies to use their data for marketing and other services so i think the best way to grow and to even market to consumers especially digitally now is consent based marketing and that's essentially marketing by asking consent allowing mm. for you know today every time you visit a website they ask you are these essential cookies can i track everything can i take for measurement so by giving that consent you're actually creating an ecosystem or a two way chat now by saying hey you can pick some information about me but give me something relevant uh in return as a consumer and then brands actually or big tech rather latches on to the intelligence that they build from that to market in a consent driven manner you spend some time in the industry uh we both have do you really think consumers at least in emerging markets are uh, more aware and more privacy conscious today or do you think some of that you know approval cookies approving it still happens because they just want to get the pop up out of the way Well I think definitely we're more aware of the kind of information that we put out like you and I also we think twice now before we actually take yes to a cookie box but I think there's like a smarter way around it also where sometimes certain websites will be like hey you're not allowed to I mean you won't have the best experience so it doesn't make more sense for you to proceed if I don't have at least the essential uh right. ones allowed right so right. i think somewhere it's it's actually more about having that balance but to answer your question yes i think consumers are definitely more aware and more conscious but to a larger scheme of things it doesn't matter like whenever anyone talks about this entire privacy uh, debate it's all it's right. often that convenience is on the other side like simple example i think we were talking about this sometime earlier but when you look at a privacy centric search engine right you have duckduckgo right. that's existed for donkeys yeah. of years right but it never yeah. actually gained much of a market share because small percentage but not much as compared to google right and yeah. one of the fundamental reasons is because google was able to track stuff so it was able to know a lot about you get a lot more context about you so every time i search jacket i know that google would actually give me a relevant jacket image versus yeah. in duckduckgo i could get anything under the sun so this is 
entire trade-off of uh, privacy and convenience. But yes, I think everyone's a lot more aware of what's going on, at least to a layman consumer perspective uh, than it has been in the past several years. Do you think that the internet, and this is, I think, a very sort of fundamental core question that mm. I've, I've loved asking most people who have been working on digital. I think the internet at some level beyond its origins in in defense and its applications in defense, when it came onto the consumer space, it was perceived to be this haloed ground for open source sharing of information. And I think uh, what ha- it has now become is multiple walled gardens and some pockets of open source software giving access to the internet in some way or the other, right? Right. Boutique boutique software, right? Do you think as each of these enterprises, profit-focused enterprises grow, that there's a space for product development that focuses on privacy? I think definitely, right? I mean, if you look at the narrative of Google, narrative of Facebook or profit or not, right? I think privacy now has become fundamental, right? So it's no longer implicit consent that people think of, oh, he's come onto my site. So it's assumed that I have permission to do certain things with that data or the information that I get, right? It's no longer how from the early days, early days, you would have a cookie dropped onto your browser, onto your device as soon as you actually logged into a site, right? Now it's actually a lot more conscientious from even the publisher's point of view, like Google, Mm -hmm. like Facebook, where you can't take that implicit consent anymore. So I think that there is definitely an entire view around it. Committees have been set up, actionable teams have been set up, and we're looking at tons of fines also for people who flag that, right? So I think that we've become more conscientious uh, as an ecosystem uh, where it's no longer, a lot is no longer taken for granted. As a product founder, is there enough of a critical mass to build products where the USP is that it safeguards privacy, let's say, of the end customer? Uh, do do enterprises care enough about it? I mean, the average enterprise. So let's say there's, there's this tool, I'm sure you've used it, Phantom Analytics. And the landing page text for Phantom Analytics says the Google Analytics alternate without compromise and one of the lines that they have on their header text right in bold is phantom is a google analytics alternate that doesn't compromise visitor privacy for data is there going to be room for founders to build more uh, privacy centric products and if so what what are going to be those sorts of areas that you see i think uh, people no longer have that option that you can't build something that is privacy centric or privacy by design actually right so i know you gave the example of phantom analytics but it's not to say that google analytics also is just taking away all data without any permission per se right and the reason why i even say that is that it has to be now by design because i think the cost of mistrust the cost of breaking consumer trust with your service, your platform, your product is actually far too much, let alone the 4% of the global turnover for every instance of violation according to GDPR that you have to put. But by default, in the court of the public perception, you're going to lose battles and you're going to lose consumers as they realize that a lot of their rights are being misused. So it's definitely an era of privacy by design and uh, it's fundamental and essential now. It's no longer, like I said, an option anymore. In terms of an emerging startup, uh, you if you were to be a budding company who wants to get online, 
right what are some of and and you'd want you are an ethical company you'd want to not leverage user data for growth and compromise by compromising privacy let's say right so what are some of the growth hacking strategies that align with today's privacy regulations and and still are able to drive results for company if yeah, i'm think, i'm like a non marketing founder yeah i think that's a very uh, important and essential uh, question to ask because yes how do i market in a privacy first uh, world right and there have been a lot of uh, white papers there have been a lot of experiments companies like google have also rolled out solutions realized and things that uh, could be improved and then rolled out different versions of that right so right. you look at tech also evolving in this landscape as an entire ecosystem so today if you're a new advertiser Right. you see that the core platform itself that you use for advertising have evolved uh, to actually take into consideration a lot of these privacy centric methods right so cohort based marketing so rather than saying that i want to just target abhinay or i want to target saikat uh, mm. when i shoot out an ad so rather than focusing on the individual it's now become i want to target people like abhinay i want to target people like right. want to target cohorts of people that can be done by interest uh, so today on facebook let's say if i'm launching uh, a chewing gum company i can target people who are interested in gum in confectionery and sweets and so on and so forth so those are specific interests i can target people who are interested in wrigley's so i can target uh, people who are interested but as a cohort not as an individual in google's right. larger ecosystem i can follow context so contextual advertising is now coming uh, back into the forefront where you look at the behavior of people on con- on certain websites you mm-hmm. then bucket them and assume that they're interested in a broad range of things and then you mm-hmm. mark the people who are interested in certain things so for example if i browse a lot of uh, i'm a huge f1 fan if i browse right. a lot of uh, formula 1 pages if i browse a lot of car pages uh, then then google understands that i'm into formula 1 racing i'm into automobiles and then i get bucketed as one of the interests that i has is auto so you're now talking about talking to a bunch of people uh, mm-hmm. or behaviors of people rather than individuals and i think that's the evolution of privacy centric uh marketing so to speak another fundamental question that i'd like to bring you to and this is especially for our sort of non marketer founders out there um there could be an argument that if data is anonymized let's say and it data is contextual right when you add enough context it right. starts becoming less and less anonymous so where do you draw the line right when when i start to put together let's say a target audience and i put enough filters i can still get to a point where i am targeting a very sort of a specific demographic uh, and maybe i don't have the name and the contact number of this person or maybe an email id of this person but i i still have a lot more than this person might have bargained for so where's the line i think uh... not really so what i'm trying to say is that basically you'll see that if you keep going to down and you keep funneling and filtering uh, to the most basic thing there'll be a point where platforms today itself will tell you that uh, you can't go below a certain threshold so i think that line is already drawn because beyond that a firstly is going to be very uh, cost ineffective in marketing because the more you titrate and the more you filter the more your cost of reaching that person is going to increase 
and b you actually just can't do it in the ecosystem anymore so what people often do is that they even upload their first party data that they've collected in a privacy centric manner and uh, their first party data could be customer lists but again hashed and anonymized and then tell facebook and google find me people who have similar behaviors or who looks like this audience that i've actually given to you but it'll never be again so ultimately those platforms will optimize for an interest right so think about right. advertising on facebook or on google facebook and google is not targeting abhinay or saikat like i said right but right. trying to target behaviors like us because ultimately on those platforms you will market for an interest you will market for a context and that's essentially what's going to happen today so no matter how much you filter there will be a point where beyond which you will not be able to uh, go and i think that's where platforms have become more vocal also about this fact right on their ui also where it actually doesn't let you go below a certain threshold is there a business use case to prioritize privacy let's keep aside the ethical bits of it in your experience is there a business use case especially if i'm pursuing really aggressive growth in the early stages of my sort of company's evolution uh, i think that uh, again that's another fundamental question so there is definitely a business use case because one is of course the 4% global turnover for uh, every instance but yeah or so it's the fact that you can't activate much on platforms now at an identity uh, level per se right so yeah. by default you have to find interesting hacks where you use your mind to define your target group uh, a lot better and that's actually the realm of consumer intelligence platforms uh, right. ultimately you're going to target an interest group you're going to target a behavior group on on digital advertising right so that's the level that you're going to go into it so from a business point of view i will use intelligent growth hacking uh tools uh, or strategies that actually allow me to define my target audience better and then go after them but of course that is going to be in a priv- privacy centric uh, uh environment because a the ecosystem definitely insists that you actually do it and b right. you have to prioritize that because when you said ethics aside but every company today actually wants to focus on ethical aspects of it right like diversity uh, exclusive uh, inclusivity have actually become uh, fundamental to how uh, audiences perceive companies today so ethics is definitely not compromisable i think by any organization if i am an aspiring founder abhinay and i'm really looking to personalize user experiences right how how can i ensure that i can give you a very personalized experience uh, while still respecting your privacy is is there a is there is there a way to do that i think uh, people normally underestimate the amount of information that they can get by people on their assets their assets could be a website it could be an app it could be anything right and that is actually your first gold mine of data building your first party intelligence of every single consumer interaction that you have as a brand with your audience be it through your assets or through your communication i think there's a lot of underestimation in what you can gain as a benefit uh, from it right so i think as businesses you have to first build your first party data you have to understand who your consumer is right from analytics on your website app analytics like i mentioned earlier consumer intelligence platforms that actually help you 
understand behaviorally who your audiences are on Facebook, on Google, on the realm of digital uh, 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 platforms itself. I think investing in knowing your people or your consumers a lot better is something that businesses are now looking at more fundamentally, right? Because ecosystems today are built to reach out to people. A Google or a Facebook will reach out uh, in whatever way you target, right? You also have open targeting on those platforms. But these are really powerful engines that require certain guidance and direction. And that's where you as a brand come in with the context of what you know about your audience to actually steer this really powerful rocket ship in the direction in which you want it to go. And that's where you'll marry uh, your first party intelligence with uh, targeting of the ecosystem. The going of third party cookies, the, the decline of third party cookies. What are some of the most core audience strategies brands can use when they are navigating digital marketing today so that they are able to still uh, sort of enhance their user targeting and segment segmentation uh, and and maintain a balance at the moment i think yeah that is that is that is a pretty fundamental question i remember yeah. uh, i think i came up with one of the first few white papers while i was at dentsu on marketing mm-hmm. in a privacy first world and these are some of the strategies that we spoke of then First-party data fortification, like I said, is yeah. and fundamental, right? Because True. that's when you'll bring in your context to the digital marketing ecosystem. And here, you're actually not dependent on external platforms because you've built up that intelligence uh, about your audiences in yourselves. And you've actually kept that in your CRMs or in any uh, DMP of sorts, right? So right. one is focus on building first-party intelligence. Now, a lot of smaller advertisers or like you said right people who are starting up they might not have that robust first party uh intelligence right so yep. not to worry because like i said then the second and third strategies are contextual advertising and cohort-based advertising right so the platforms today again through consumer intelligence platforms you're now enabled to know a lot more about your audience in a privacy-centric manner uh, to actually understand behavior of your audiences. And then you either target in interest or you target uh, contextually. And those are the other strategies that you should adopt. You spoke about some innovative growth hacking tactics that startups these days can use to ensure that they are privacy-centric while still ensuring that they get the best ROI out of the digital marketing campaigns. Could you elaborate a bit more on that the interesting hack about this is actually now become fundamental in a lot of large language models itself right like Mm -hmm. so let's take this example gpt uh three four whatever it is is designed for everyone was designed for everyone uh to use right and it's built on intelligence that it's sort of consumed by consuming all recorded uh data in in some sense uh up till when the algorithm was refined right now, right. that same tech, while today you and I can plug into, today medical research is using it, but built over intelligence now on medical data to actually give it a specific application of, let's say, diagnosis or coming up with certain formula and so on and so forth. So much right. like that, you have the digital marketing ecosystem that exists, that has ways to reach out to different people and sharp algorithms to actually focus on targeting, on budget splits, on getting your campaign basically out to the right person. Now, what is important and essential for it to work better is this entire context that it's important to give it, right? So 
like the example I was using in GPT, where you give it more context, you get a smarter, better output. So now for digital advertising, you give it more context in the form of your first party data, it will give you a better output. And that's essentially the hack, right? So focus on marrying what the ecosystem knows about consumers in general versus what you are able to tell it specific to your brand, specific to your product, specific to the kind of people you want to reach out to marry both of them that's i think the best hack forward and i think some when some of this marriage has to happen i think a lot of assisted systems would be brought up by some of the larger tech players to help people who are absolute novices to sort of warm them up to the prospect of some of these processes uh and that sort of brings us to ai and responsible ai for those who might not be aware responsible ai is about embedding ethical considerations, fairness, safety, most importantly, privacy and accountability into AI development. So when it comes to responsible AI, do you think that it's fundamentally possible for AI to be responsible if it is not uh, by large enterprises? To, today, anybody can train a custom uh, sort of AI model, right? A custom LLM model. So yeah. is the genie out of the box in terms of ensuring privacy and accountability? Because you can only ask accountability of certain enterprises who are doing this at a certain scale. Or do you think there's still hope for responsible AI at scale? No, I definitely think that whatever tech is out there, right? I think that there is a system or I'd like to believe and we see examples of it, that there is a system of checks and balances, but also responsibility on the individual. See, at the end of the day, you have to know that any algorithm is actually first trained by a human who builds right. it on a data set, which is, which is again, actually fed, tagged, labeled, cleaned, uh, sanitized in a way by another human being, right? Now, human right. beings essentially are biased, which is why that diversity and inclusivity actually come in even in artificial intelligence, right? You've had Microsoft and Google set up uh, institutes to actually focus on biasness in algorithms, focus on this entire aspect of responsibility in AI just for this exact same purpose, right? Because humans are fundamentally flawed. Our thinking might be different while we might be fairly similar in certain aspects. So how to check for uh, biasness in algorithms, right? So I think at some level that is built in being constantly checked for and iterated uh, uh, repeatedly, right? So that's an ongoing process. Secondly, the way you also train it for a specific application has right. to again, take into cognizance certain biases that you might have as an individual that your category might have uh, being the particular category in which it is in and then or train it for a specific use cases and then actually counter for those biasness and then uh, see what your model is actually outputting for you. So I think that ultimately it'll be boiled down to the individual being responsible. The ecosystem also does uh, certain checks and balances uh, for itself as well. With the larger players sort of stitching a safety net around their AI systems, do you think that this is going to eventually come down to enterprises uh, and, and we'd hold them responsible? Uh, or do you think with so much potential in terms of human resources to create custom AI models as well. What do you think should be the future of how we go about implementing this? Should this be implemented at an enterprise level or should this be implemented the way, let's say, GDPI has been, you know, sort of uh, in a in a 
sort of a sweeping manner? How do you think responsible AI should be governed? I think regulation is something that is constantly evolving. And Mm -hmm. I think that will actually take care of a lot of it uh, in that cell. Of course, anyone who's who's handling data, especially if it's sensitive data, has to be cognizant of how that data is going to be used, how much, again, consent that is there and what is usable and what can't be used just because there's no consent or nothing governing that, right? So I think at some level, it has to be responsibility on the individual. But even when you talk about enterprise-led applications of it, right, you're talking about uh, governing principles that definitely have to, it's not like you can wash your hands away uh, from applications uh, even today, right? So you have to have some form of governance, some form of maker checker systems uh, in that case especially if you're using it for a lot of other sensitive use cases as well. So I think it's uh, a combination of individual accountability, organization accountability, and then a system of uh, regulation and checks and balances that have to work in tandem. Lovely, lovely. And on that insightful note, guys, it's a wrap. Thank you so much for being on the show, Abhinay. Really, really appreciated you taking time out for this, man. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I think a very important topic that we discussed. And yeah, uh, hope hope everyone who hears it found it a little insightful. I'm sure they did. Guys, do tune in next week for the next episode of the Thrifty Titans podcast. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Thrifty Titans podcast. I sincerely hope we were able to bring you one step closer to building and growing your venture. If you found our show useful, remember to follow, rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share our episodes far and wide. It means the world to me and my team. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram and don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at join.thriftytitans.co We have all the links available in our show notes. Welcome again to the ranks of the Thrifty Titans tribe. We're really excited to have you on board.